Welcome to Adventuring the Girl Life, where we believe life for every girl should be well lived. Each week, we'll explore tips and techniques to add more adventure to your world. From fitness and self-care to career building and fulfillment in even the most mundane parts of life. So buckle up. I'm your host, Jen Whitmore, certified personal trainer, mom of two, paddleboard lover as of last week, and your new partner in adventure. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast, girls. This week, we are talking about World Mental Health Day because that is tomorrow. So I am going to jump right in and tell all of you about my own mental health. And if you will bear with me, I'm sure that you can obviously tell that I have a stuffy nose going on. So just bear with me because girls, it is what it is. I tried to get better before I did this. So far, I have been unsuccessful obviously. Okay, so let's jump right into it. Now, I must say, first and foremost, not a doctor, not giving advice. All I am telling you is that I have struggled in the past. I will tell you my story, and you have to make your own decision on how you are going to work it out on your own or with a um, professional's help. But for me, I have been the person who struggles with anxiety. And it started, I want to say, at a very young age. I actually have memories of probably around seven that I can, um, you know, mentally remember having um, panic. And it was... You know, when I tried to spend the night with my friends, um, you know, I didn't accomplish that until at least fifth grade. And then any time that my parents' car broke down, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like it happened a lot, but any time that the car broke down, um, I just had this overwhelming fear that something bad was going to happen, that I would never get home again. And, of course, it was not rational. And... I had no reason to think that. It was just that the car broke down, but it did bring on this very unsettling feeling within me more than once. Um, I was actually talking to my mom about this in recent years, and she said at the time I was probably about three, which, mind you, I have no memory of this, but when I was about three, she said she ran out of gas, and she said I just got really, really, really upset about it, and I don't know if that's something, um, you know, that continued on as I got older. Like I said, that's not something that I have a memory of, but I do remember um, any time that something would happen with the car, it would really bother me. And then once I started driving my own car, um, I didn't really like to drive at night in places that I didn't know where I was going. Um, so if any of you have been listening to the podcast, my husband and I, we've been together for a really long time. And so I lived on one side of the state and he lived completely on the opposite side of the state when we were dating. So we started visiting each other back and forth. And some of those drives, you know, would be during the nighttime. And at the time, um, I wasn't really comfortable with the route. And 
Um, I did get lost one time. And now you have to remember, this was totally before your map was in your phone. You know, you had a cell phone, but if you didn't have cell service, then it was completely useless. And you were printing out your MapQuest directions still. And so I got lost one time, and I remember getting really, really anxious about it. Um, I've just kept driving basically until I found a store, and then I got someone... um, you know, who was nice enough to help me, they let me follow them out back to the interstate so I could go back and make my correct turn. Um, But anyway, and as I continued to get older, it was um, not necessarily a social anxiety, but I did um, get really concerned, you know, about meeting new people um, in very like party centric type places. I I didn't really like to be at parties. Um, I didn't mind meeting new people, but I didn't really enjoy the whole party thing. And I always wanted to make sure that I knew people where I was going. They were already going to be there. You know, I didn't have to stand alone and wait for anyone else to show up for any amount of time. So... Then as I got older and we had kids, you know, then you have regular life kick in. And of course, that's not always fun. And in the beginning, you know, we didn't have a lot of income and I was a new mom. And of course, I then right back to when I was a little kid was always concerned about our car. You know, did we have enough gas? Was the car going to make it? Um, What do I do if I get stranded on the side of a road now with a baby? So that kind of anxiety, I feel like did stick with me. Um, I really appreciate now having a great running car and my car is not fancy, but it gets me from point A to point B safely and with no issues and um, it gives me a lot of security in just having a well running car and um, so... If you have been listening to the podcast, you know my husband and I um, tried to have a third child three times. We had three miscarriages, um, second trimester miscarriages within like two-ish years, and that was probably the turning point for me when my anxiety completely got out of control. And so the type of anxiety that I had, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit here, was not the kind that was debilitating. It was just the kind that was like the underlying stress level. Um, and then when we had our miscarriages, it reared its ugly head, spiked, and sent me into a downward spiral. Um, I would definitely say that you could probably throw in some depression in there because I was so distraught about losing um, uh, our first baby and then another baby and then another baby right after that. But it was just so surprising and unexpected for us because we already had two healthy children. And I think that was a major shocker. Um, 
you know, the first time, because obviously it does happen to people. You don't ever think it's going to happen to you, but then it does. And you're shocked and you're sad. And for me as a woman, I went through this, okay, that was a fluke. Now let's try to get pregnant as soon as possible. You know, I am not going to wait the recommended time by the doctor. We're doing this thing. So (laughs) literally, so we got pregnant with our second one, like a month and a half later which for me felt like an eternity waiting to get pregnant again. And um, then we lost the second one, and that's when the bottom fell out, if that's the way that you want to say it. And um, things got really dark for me. They got ugly, and it took me a very, very long time to get out of that. And then, of course, it happened to us again the third time. And we know... We know that it's irrational to say silly things like third time's a charm, but that was kind of like how I felt about it, Um, which, like I just said, didn't work out for us either. So after our second miscarriage, um, things got really hard for me. I was really struggling to keep going on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis, and I was no longer sleeping at nighttime. I basically would get up every night after laying in the bed for an hour or two, and I would go downstairs to try to sleep on the couch because I didn't want to disturb Alan, and um, if I got any sleep at all, it, it might been an hour. It might have been three hours. I have no idea. I just kept trying to sleep as much as I could, and so I literally just kept living this zombie life um, because I was so panic stricken and because I was so sad and I really had a hard time pulling myself out of that and I will not tell you that I did it alone. I did it with a lot of prayer and I did it with friends help and I did it with um, understanding um, from others who gave me so much grace And then finally, I did it with a little bit of help from the doctor as well. So I, I feel like that if I had to do it over again, I would definitely go to the doctor sooner, because I am so the type of person that doesn't take medication. I am not for medication. um, If you 100% absolutely do not need it. And so I waited and waited and waited before I went to talk to the doctor because I just did not want to be medicated because I knew that was the only thing they were going to do for me. And I feel like um, looking on the other side of that is that I waited too long and I could have saved myself a lot of pain. So once I finally did break down and go to the doctor, I did talk to them. They gave me something that was pretty strong. Um, I took like one pill and I didn't like it. It didn't make me feel good. So then I just decided that this is definitely not for me. You know, after all that time I had waited, it definitely wasn't for me. And so I kept like powering through. Um And then I ended up going to my regular doctor and I said, look, I'm like, I just need some help. I said, but I don't like to take meds. I said, I want you to give me something that's literally like the lowest dose of the least effective, you know, whatever. I wanted her to give me something really mild and she did. And I was on that for a couple of months and it did help. And then I got off. 
and I did good for a couple more months and then I needed to go back on for a couple more months and then I finally was able to get myself off. And so again, just being on the other side of it, it would have helped in the long run if I had it just went earlier and stayed on it for a consistent amount of time and then got off instead of waiting, waiting, waiting on, off, on, off. Um, And just to reiterate, I am not a med person. I don't like them unless they're absolutely necessary. But in this situation, um, no matter what your situation is, you absolutely need to do what you feel like is going to work for you. Um, And if that is seek professional help, then by all means, sister, go get it done. Go get it done. Whatever it is that you need to accomplish getting back to your life. Um, I am on the other side of it now, and I really, I don't enjoy talking about it at all. Um, I felt like right after I got better, I definitely wanted to tell people. I wanted to tell them like how far I had fallen and how I was able to get back up. But now that it has been a certain amount of time, it's not something that I want to pull up out of the deep, dark corners of my mind and out of my life. And so... I don't really like to jump into it, Um, and it's not something that anybody would obviously come up to you and ask about unless they know you're um, going through it right this second, but it is something that I will tell you once you're on the other side of, you can move forward and you can move out of it, but I do want to take a minute and tell you that my story is not your story. And I know that you have a story of your own and whatever it is that you are struggling with, whatever it is that you need to get through, there is so much available to you out there, girl. I mean, the amount of awareness that has been brought to mental health just in the most recent years has been amazing. And there are so many resources out there. And therapy is not taboo anymore. Um, I will definitely stick my foot in my mouth for this one anytime anyone asks. I used to be that person who was like, therapy. That is for people who cannot hold their crap together, if you know what I mean. And I became one of those people that couldn't hold their crap together. And so I went to therapy for a good while. And then I stopped. And then I had to go back again. And I really thought that I would just go forever and ever. Um, And I didn't. And it was nice when I was on the one side of I need to go here, I need help, and then on the other side of, okay, I I can make this, I can go on and not look forward to that appointment every week or every other week because I needed it. And so therapy was definitely one of the things that helped get me through that really long struggle. And if you need to go to therapy, girl, Get yourself to therapy. Find somebody that you like. Don't stick with the first person that they pair you with. Um, Fill a few out and see if there's anyone that you particularly click with. Because let me just tell you, you're going to be telling them deep, dark stuff, okay? And they're going to sit there and listen. And they're going to provide feedback for you. And if nothing else, 
just letting you vent, just the venting sometimes is enough to just get it out in the open and fuel you for getting through the next week until you have to go back. And if you continue to seek that help, to seek those, you know, positive vibes from the universe, they will come. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. When people told me that they had miscarriages when I was going through miscarriages, I literally could not understand how they were functioning on the other side of it. And I kept thinking to myself, don't you ever think about it? How dare you? How could you? You know, that was a life that you had and that was your child. And I was so angry because I didn't understand how they could just keep going. But now that I'm on the other side... I can see because things get better. I know exactly where all three of my children are, and I know that I'm going to get a chance to see them again. And that thought keeps me going when I think about them. I actually have my ultrasound pictures of all three of them hanging on my wall with all the rest of my family pictures. And I know some people might think that that is super creepy, but that is something that helps me. And when I look at them, I'm sad but not sad like on a daily basis. You know, I go up and down the stairs where all of our pictures are and I see them and I'm happy now because even though I didn't get to see them here on earth, I know that I'll get to see them in heaven when I go. And it makes me happy to think about that now instead of sad about what I didn't get. And I just continue to be thankful for all the things in my life, including the children that I do have and that I do get to raise. And that gets me through the day when I have to think about stuff like that. So like I said, it is very hard for me to drudge up stuff like this from the dark corners But considering that tomorrow is World Mental Health Day, I just wanted to give you a little blip of my story and hopefully hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you can make it there. And so, like I said earlier, I don't know what your story is. I know that your story is not the same as mine, but there are so many places that you can turn to in this day and age when it comes to mental health. So I hope that all of you are well. I hope that this has helped you in some small bit, if nothing else, just to know that it is possible to come out the other side. And I don't pretend that I will never have anxiety again, but I do know the steps that I have taken to get to the other side and that I could do those again. It is possible. So I'm so glad that you girls were with me today. I hope that you all are very mentally well. And we're going to move into our crown and flop for the week before we finish out this episode. Okay, so my flop for the week is... I scheduled a lunch date with a good friend of mine, and I know her from church, 
and we are trying to just get to know each other more and we get to the lunch place I tell the lady one check so that I can treat my lovely friend and my wallet is two parking lots away in my other purse. Now, the main question is, is why am I carrying two purses? But I had such a major fail. So she ended up treating me to lunch instead of me treating her. And I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am not a cheapskate. I feel like such a horrible friend and I have good plans for our next lunch date. But that was my major fail for the week. So way to go, genius. You flaked on buying your friend lunch. Okay, now for the crowning moment. So this is kind of a negative story that turns into a positive one. So bear with me. My husband and I have really had just terrible luck with electronics recently. We both have heart rate monitors that we wear when we exercise, and we both have wireless um, Beats headphones. And so my heart rate monitor started wigging out. I'm like gasping for breath, dying, and it's telling me that I'm like 75% of my heart rate. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So this thing has not been working. Then Alan's breaks, and then his headphones die, and then my headphones die. Now, mind you, my headphones are still really, really young in their lovely life. I've only had them since last Christmas, and it is now October, so not even a full year. And they died. Just wouldn't do anything. And so here comes the positive part. I called the um, I called Apple, and my headphones were still under warranty. Four days left. I was so excited. So I didn't have to pay for the repair because it's insanely expensive. If you're wondering, a brand new pair is like $2.99 and the repair price is like $2.15. I'm like, yeah, that's insane. Of course, I'm sure they make it that much because they just want you to buy a new pair. Um, but mine were still in warranty. Woo-woo! So I did not have to pay for a new pair. And I had four days left on it. So I called just in the nick of time. And I called about our heart rate monitors. And both of them are still in warranty, too. So I will take that as a crowning moment for the week. Now, sadly, Alan's headphones are not in warranty and he just needs a new pair, doggone it. But three out of four ain't bad. All right, girls, that is enough of that. Thank you so much for being with me this week. I appreciate you listening as always. If you have enjoyed this episode of Adventuring the Girl Life, please remember to subscribe to the show and leave a review so more girls can grow. And until next week, girls, adventure on.